dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. To know our mission as leaders, we need to understand the mission of Christ. To know Christ's mission, we have no better place to look than sacred scripture, where he tells us why he came to this earth. In this first of our series, I look at his proclamation that he came to cast a fire upon the earth. Hi everybody, I'd like to dive deep with you today into the roots of leadership. I'd like to try to understand what makes leaders great and how we who have been called by Christ into leadership can actually delve deeper and harness some of the powers that are there inside of the act of leadership. Like, in other words, if I'm called to lead, how do I lead well? I don't think that we have to be like the blind here without a map or without an understanding of how to make the progress that we seek. In fact, I think that God in his word actually teaches us the key to exerting the influence that he calls us to exert in this world. So let's ask for his help. Why don't we bow our heads? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you've all come here today because you are seeking to understand how you are to accomplish your mission, how you are to live your life on this earth in the way that most pleases God. And I want to begin by greeting you and saying that that very desire to please God does, in fact, please him. There's a great prayer by Thomas Merton, who was a monk in Kentucky at Gethsemane Trappist Abbey. And he wrote this beautiful prayer in which he said this line, Dear Lord, help me to remember that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. As we try to find how to live, a lot of times people can fall into various forms of scruples and they can can really examine their lives and become so intense about living them correctly that they actually live them askew, Right? If we really want to live life correctly, we have to begin by living it. (laughs) And that means by engaging ourselves without questioning constantly whether we're doing it right or not. You know, it's like you'll know if you're doing it right in the doing. But trying to read the rule books of the human heart and then applying them so as to not make a mistake is the best way to make a mistake. 
And, and you're doing that. You're here. You're trying to go deeper. You're trying to ask yourselves, what is it that Christ wants of me? And the very first line I'd like for you to meditate upon is this line by Christ, I have come to cast a fire upon the earth and how I wish that it was already blazing. You know, it's very instructive if you go back and look at the Bible at the lines where Christ speaks about his mission and meditate upon what that looks like. You can get some amazing insight into what your own mission must be. And that line there by Christ, he, he explicitly says, so like, Lord, why did you come to this earth? Why are you here? What's the big purpose? And we're going to see he says this in, in many different places in the scriptures. He talks about his mission. And we're going to see how important it is to read this in the light of where his mission culminated, namely at, in the cross. But we can begin by understanding this first one. I have come to cast a fire upon the earth. And how that I wished it was already blazing. Luke 12, 49. It, it's, it's a marvelous place in the Gospel of Luke where our Lord starts to speak directly to crowds and to his disciples about the cross and about the sacrifices that the truth is going to require from them. He talks about judgment. He talks about punishments meted out for those who are unfaithful, etc. And right in the midst of it, he just kind of erupts with this expression, I have come to cast a fire upon the earth and how that I wish that it were already blazing. There is a baptism that I must undergo and how I wish that I had already been baptized. There's this incredible thought here that our Lord is expressing. He has a mission to cast a fire upon the earth. Now you think about that and you say, is that the God that I think of? I think a lot of us, if I were to challenge you, are much more used to a God who fits into the small boxes that you want to put him in rather than a God who explodes the confines of our minds and the limitations of our lives by an expectation and a thirst that surpasses them. I mean, are you ready to follow a God or are you insisting that God follow you? Are you willing to serve Jesus or are you waiting for Jesus to serve you? When you ask, when you confront yourself with what Christianity is and the recognition that you make as a Christian of Christ's lordship, remember that the very first point is that as Lord, he makes demands of you. You follow into his mission. He comes first. And who is this that, that we serve? I think for so many of us, we have an image of Jesus that is so distant and so sterile, so unreal. Are you ready to receive the word of Christ today? I have come to cast a fire on the earth. Not I have come for peace, but I have come for division. Not, not for peace, but for the sword. From now on, families will be divided. I am a sign that will be contradicted by this world. And there will, I will be a sign for the rising and the fall of many in Israel. At my birth, Herod shuddered and ordered the destruction of the lives of innocent children in order to try to kill me. Magi had to flee by a separate route. At, at my birth, the powers of the earth trembled. And I'm looking for your response to me. 
You know, when John describes Jesus' eyes, and he does so twice in the book of Revelation, both times he says that his eyes were eyes as of flames of fire. Or if you look at the imagery of the transfiguration, where the maximal extent of the glory that's manifested, his face shining like the sun in full strength, his hair whiter than any lie could ever whiten a cloth, his eyes like flames of fire, the voice of God thundering in his presence, Peter, James, and John fall down. You know, I mean... There is such an incredible power manifested in Jesus that when he speaks, the the storms are quelled, the seas are made calm, winds stop at his command, and three times he raises the dead by the sound of his voice. He even says in John chapter 5 that at the voice of the Son of Man, the dead shall rise unto judgment. This is no neutral figure, this Christ. He instead is the Lord of dominion and he expresses his mission, which is a mission to rule in this earth and to ignite it, to set forth the hidden potentials in the hearts of men and women into a new level, to bring what is latent in potency into full actuality. He is not a neutral God. He is an active force and he bids us to follow him in that activity. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. And so we come now to really try to ask ourselves the question, you know, what is it that Christ wants from us? If, after all, his purpose in coming to this world is to cast a fire on the earth, as he says here, what is, exactly does that mean? What, what does he want from you and I? If the purpose of Christ is to cast fire on the earth, there's two things he wants. The first is that we catch fire, and the second is that we spread it. In other words, how can he cast fire if we don't catch it? Our first role as a disciple is to let the full weight of the glory that Christ wants to pour down upon the earth and into our souls be given. We need to receive and catch the full force of his love. It's like, it's amazing to me when I say that because so many times we tend to think of mercy as something that we take at our own measure. Now, and, and of course, that's, that's a fine thing. When we, for, when we sin and when we do bad things, of course, we look to be forgiven for what we did. We look to be rehabilitated for our sickness. We look to be reestablished for our brokenness, right? Like we want God to kind of like re- and undo what we did that was wrong. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, there's something a lot deeper and that is to receive the mercy not just as we see it as necessary but as the giver wants to give it what's the intention in the heart of Jesus when he shows us mercy what's the intention in the heart of Jesus when he's teaching us what does he want us to learn when he speaks what does he want us to hear 
when he teaches? What does he want us to be when he heals us? Like, if we were to allow ourselves for a moment to, to really grasp the depth of what God wants to do in our life, rather than what we want God to do in our life, we would be at a whole new level in our holiness. To catch fire as he wants to spread it means to let God do with us everything that he wants to do. And what he wants to do with us far surpasses what we possibly could want to do on our own or what we would even imagine him doing. That's what's so amazing about God. He wants to save us in a way that's so far surpassing and so much more excellent than anything that I could ever see, ear could ever hear, or our mind could ever imagine. And the real measure of the depth of your discipleship comes from the degree to which you let God do with your life everything that he wants to. What does he want to do with your life? He wants to, it to catch fire. He wants to ignite it. He wants to take it to a whole new level, not just with your own natural capacities, or your own natural talents, but with his supernatural strength and with his grace. My friends, the image of this that's the most poignant comes from the humblest of all creatures, the Virgin Mary. When Our Lady said to the angel, let it be done unto me according to thy word. She was giving permission to God to do whatever he wanted with her to the degree that he wanted to do it. She was accepting to not limit by her own volition the intensity and the degree of the saving power that God wanted to pour onto our hearts. She made herself a kind of victim to the merciful love of God. Victim not in the sense of anything negative. Victim in the sense of offering all of her mind, soul, body, and strength as a response to that invitation from God to let her be loved by him as much as he wanted to love her. And she said yes. I mean, that, but when she does that, she's accepting a relationship. She's accepting to, to be with him according on his terms and to follow him where he will lead and to allow him to use her for his ends. And not just in any old way, but to the degree that he wants, in the way that he wants it, in the timing that he wants. And he will allow this fire to burn in her so brightly and never more brightly than when he takes her all the way to the foot of the cross of his son. Whereas the Second Vatican Council teaches us so beautifully, she lovingly consented to the immolation of the victim born of her. In other words, she associated herself so intimately with the act of Christ on the cross that it was her act as well, not in any way adding to the merit of his action, but adding to its extension. She offered him the darkness of her faith and the heartiness of her hope as she immolated herself along with him. This is like, in other words, Christ cast the fire that was inside of his heart for God deeply into the heart of Mary 
so that she could burn like him and with him with that same love by which he immolated himself upon the cross, she joining in that immolation through her loving consent as she stood at the foot of it. This, this is so incredible, my friends, because it explains so much about who God is and how God is in our own lives. When he comes to cast a fire on the earth, we need to receive it like she did with as much intensity and as much love and as much devotion and as much surrender as Mary did. To the degree that we receive his fire deeply inside of us, to that same degree, we'll be able to spread it to those who are around us. The fire that Jesus comes to cast upon the earth, it can be nothing else than that fire that came upon the first apostles at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit of God himself the spirit that is in Christ, his own spirit, what animates him. He wants inside of you the spirit that is inside of him so that you and I might live thanks to that spirit in such a unity with him that together with him we glorify the Father and we sanctify this world. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. So I think you can understand that if the mission of a Christian is nothing more than the mission of Christ, looking at the words where Christ speaks of his mission and trying to understand why he came to this world, we can understand our own mission. And the very first one we're looking at here, Luke chapter 12, verse 49, I came to cast a fire upon the earth and how I wish it was already blazing. We're, we're looking deeply to see that the intention of Christ is to set us ablaze. And we see this epitomized nowhere more profoundly than in the Virgin Mary and her response to Christ. As he showed her the mercy of, this, her, of saving her in the womb of St. Anne by the grace of her immaculate conception, so Mary responds by the absolute gift of herself at the Annunciation. Be it done unto me as you say. Meaning not just what you say, but as you intended. She surrenders herself to God's good pleasure as he sanctifies her. And that courage took her all the way to the cross where at the high point of her life and of her sanctity, she allows Jesus to take her into his own self-immolation before the Father and for the salvation of, of, of the world. And he does the same for St. Paul. He does the same for St. Peter. He does the same for you and I. He invites us to be one with him. And of course, in a way that's participated, in a way that's not the same, in a way that totally depends upon him, but in a way that's true. St. Paul will say it, I make up in my flesh what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. St. Paul will say it, if I suffer, it is for your salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. There's, there's a mystery here, right? But it's not the only aspect of his mission. If he comes to cast a fire upon the earth, he wants us to be able to do the same. And this is where I just want to kind of wake you up a little bit because for so many people, 
we act as if our Christianity was all about us. And being about us, we don't even, we don't even live it that deeply, to be honest with you, because it's all about us, meaning that we kind of like try to follow the rules and we try to be good to, to people. And we hope that if we're nice, we'll make it into heaven one day. But it's so much more than that. A Christian shares the mission of Christ. As he came to cast the fire upon the earth, therefore, the Christian church ought to be a place where people come to discover the fullness of their life, where they awaken their inner potentials like wood that, that catches fire. So their hearts and their souls ought to be moved by the Holy Spirit and moved by the presence of God in the church such that they expand into the fullness of life. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, how, is, how are the people going to have that life and have it more abundantly? Well, Jesus says, by you and I. He sends his apostles into this world to baptize this world in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and to teach people to obey the commandments of God and to become true disciples of Jesus Christ. His glory is when his apostles bear fruit and fruit that will last. This means that your life is so much more than just limping by trying to obey rules and be nice to people. Your Christian life is a gift from God to this world. And when you've been given a position of leadership in your business, in your community, in your family, that's an opportunity that God has given you to shine the light in the darkness, to be a person of truth in a culture of lies, to stand for life in the face of death, to uphold, to heal, to set free. You know, it's like, remember when they say about the mission of Jesus, you know, and he says, you know, the blind shall see and the deaf shall hear and the lame shall walk. In this day, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your midst. Remember when he's in, in Capernaum and he's in the synagogue and he reads that from the book of the prophet Isaiah? Remember that? Meaning that th that same mission, that's what he gives to each one of us to continue to cast that fire. And that means that I think we ought to be thirstier than we are. We need to ask ourselves every day, am I really living my life as if it was an opportunity to set captives free and to illuminate those who dwell and sit in the valley of darkness and who go through the valley of death. If I did, how exciting my Christianity would be, how much more vibrant my religion would be. I am here to continue the act of Christ. So how do I do that? Well, I do it as Christ did, by looking for the least of my brethren and taking care of their needs. You know, Mother Teresa used to say to people all the time, they say, Mother, I wish I had a mission. Where am I supposed to go for Christ? And she said, the need is the call. If you want to know where you're called, look for the need. Look for your needs and the, the family that's with you first of all. My friends, if you're a leader, it's not first of all for our society. It's first of all for your spouse. If I were to ask your spouses, turn to them and say, do, do you know that you are the most important person in this person's life? Do you know that the, you are the number one priority and that your good is their number one concern? What would they say? 
Well, of course, I'm hoping that they'd all say yes, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that they would. I'm sure that they would. But at the same time, like, wouldn't it be awesome if it was the case? If you could say, my wife is dedicated to my holiness. My, my husband has one mission, and that's to get me to be the best person I possibly can be. It'd be, it'd be so dynamic. Because if you start there with your spouse, then it trickles into the family by necessity because the two of you become like a, a fire burning inside of your home. And that fire, the, 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 the children are warmed by it. As the two of you really dedicate yourself to this quest of excellence and the knowledge of God and the living out of the Spirit and the full deployment of the gifts that God has given you for each other, well, your children naturally start to imitate. They catch that culture set by the parents. And now the family is ablaze with that life. And they become people who are agents of that light and that love. What you do in the workplace, in other words, my friends, it's a practice ground for what you do at home. It's not the other way around. We don't live at home and then we go into the work where things get real. The real life is how we are at home with our families. And if I can tackle that, and if I can nail that life, if I can spread fire there, intelligence, warmth, kindness. I mean, I've been given children for that purpose. A child will absorb who you are and how you are. That's how God made them. And it's because he wants you to lead them. I've come to cast a fire on the earth. Wouldn't it be awesome if when you went home today from this little retreat, you were to go towards your spouse with that and same intention. I've come to cast a fire upon this earth. I've come to lift you up. Where you are broken, I will not rub salt into your wounds. Where you need me, I will be there for you. I took a vow unto that end. If I can start with you and I can start with my kids by educating them and speaking well with them and lifting them up and forming their intellect to be great men and women of dialogue and openness and of truth and of conviction. Oh my goodness, the fire will start to really burn. Then when I go into the work sphere, I go into my general culture. I go there as someone who has proven himself or herself there upon the anvil of reality called the family. But this mission of Christ is one he's called you into do not allow anything to get between you and that great call. You were not summoned to mediocrity and you were not summoned to darkness. You were summoned to be agents of light and of life and of love. Blessed be God. What an awesome opportunity. Let's go forth and shine that light. This is the reason we were made and this is the reason we're called to lead. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.